Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Well, I'm excited to welcome all of you to the kickoff of the Christmas season and a series we've entitled Believe. I want to look in the camera there, welcome our McKinney campus, our Hazlitt campus that in fact is baptizing the most people they have since starting as a campus, almost 20 people this weekend getting baptized in Hazlitt. We're excited about that. And also all of you that are joining us online or maybe watching this message later, let's put our hands together once again and just thank all those that are joining in with us. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. We're going to go right to the heart of the Christmas story. want to celebrate all these baptisms. I just want you to know as a church family that our mantra, reaching people, building lives, that we have reached more people this year than we ever have. We baptized over 600 people this year in our services at all of our campuses, and that's something to celebrate because Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which is lost. I always love it. When I'm sitting there watching that, I feel so honored and privileged to be a part of what Jesus is doing, and that when I read my Bible, it's not something I'm reading about, but it's something that I'm living in my present day. It's always amazing to see the Bible come alive where you're seeing these people transformed. In our service here in Keller, an atheist, four years, someone pursuing them and talking to them, Those are real life miracles that last for eternity. So I don't know about you, but I feel privileged to be a part of it. I'm thankful for you. I do want to mention also our Christmas candlelight services coming up. Why do I mention that is because I get really excited. I have great anticipation about this whole season because it's a time where people are more open. It's It's a time you may be watching later in the new year your friend, your family member, your neighbor getting water baptized as a result of what happens at these Christmas candlelight services. So I want to encourage you to make preparations and be a part of that. And uh, don't say no for someone. Uh, You might be surprised at how many people might come if just invited. So I'm excited about that. I ask you uh, that are part of our church family, let's just start praying And let's believe that God's going to rescue people from the dominion and domain of darkness this year like never before. So we're excited about it. Well, it is the Christmas season, and it's a time where we have these phrases, Merry Christmas. We we want it to be a Merry Christmas. We're, We're praying that there'll be a merry time with our families. We're praying that you know, our kids will have a good attitude, everybody will get along, we're hoping that we can make it to all the office parties, we don't have all the stress, it's like I, I want to I wanna feel something different. We talk about that, that Christmas spirit, we, we talk about what, what's happening this time of year, and why did I entitle this series Believe, because these phrases really were, were putting some kind of cultural connection to something we all desire, and that is faith. We, we want to have faith in our lives. We want to believe that something can be different. If you're in a challenging time, let me speak directly to you. It's, it's not that maybe you didn't have the challenge before the season, 
but the challenges and things that happen within the season accentuate what's already going on in your life. And so as a pastor ministering to people in this season of time for 30 years, I know that there's these things that bubble up. Maybe a a death of a loved one, a depression, an anxiety, things that you're dealing with, they begin to surface in a different and unique way. And uh, I don't want you to be at a loss as to what to do or how to approach it. So we're going to talk about the biblical word. The biblical word is not the Christmas spirit. The biblical word is not Merry Christmas. The biblical word is faith. That's the Bible word for believe. And so I want to encourage you with what the Bible says about faith. It says faith is a substance. And now get this, I think a lot of people, when you hear the word believe, you're thinking of something that is emotional. Like, I'm going to start to kind of feel different. I am going to have this experience that is different, so it's a little more nebulous, it's harder to grab a hold of. No, the Bible says faith is a substance of the things that we hope for, and there's evidence behind it. So when we have this substance, there's evidence of it in our lives. So it's real, it's tangible. It's in there when it's in there. It's not there when it's not there. It's like I remember um, I had actually at a, a Christmas program at my wife's church when I was attending, we were dating, I was playing a, a blacksmith making nails for the crucifixion. And, uh, you know, they needed a big burly guy, so I grew my beard out and was banging on the nails. And while I was banging on the nails, a piece of metal went in my finger. And so I, you know, being the kind of person I am, I went immediately to the doctor. <laughs> and I just kind of let it stay there. And it just was there for years. And I was having a routine physical a few years ago with my doctor and I said, well, I, I, I got one thing. I, I got this piece of metal that's been in my finger since I was 23 years old. He felt around on it a little bit. He said, I don't think that's metal. I, I think it's maybe just a callus. It's maybe some scar tissue. I said, no, it's metal. It, I was, it was there when it went in. I, I know it's in there. And he's like, no, I don't really think so. He goes, let's do an x-ray. I said, okay. So went in there. You put all the radioactive protective. You put your hammer. He comes back with the with the x-rays, he's like, there's metal in your finger. I told you there was metal. <laughs> I was there when it went in there. But anyway, you're like, what happened with it? I didn't go to a specialist. It worked its way out, and our production guy took it out with a Leatherman. But anyway, that's, uh, that's what happened with it. But it's either in there or it's not in there. So if you did a spiritual x-ray of your life, The substance of faith, is it present in your life? The truth is, the Christmas story, which we're going to talk about this month, we're going to sing about this month, we're going to see it in our different Christmas cards that we give each other in the different Christmas verses. Did you know, this whole story is a story of great faith. I want to start with Jesus being the main character of the story, but One of the big figures in the character of the story is Mary, his mom. And you may not know the backdrop or the background of right here in Luke 1, 26, but she's probably less than 14 years old. She's in a town of maybe less than 500 people in Nazareth. When you go there, you're just kind of amazed. You know, it's like, this is is nowhere. 
This is the middle of nowhere. The, the impact of Jesus, the power of this true story, the way it has impacted people is mind-blowing because it's a small town nowhere. And yet, the angel of the Lord comes to Mary. It says this, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. So she is a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. So she's engaged to Joseph. She's preparing for her wedding. And then what happens is Mary has greeted this, is greeted by this angel. He came to her and says, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. He will go on to say to her, she is a virgin, that she is going to have a baby. She says, What do we name the baby? The angel says his name will be Jesus. He's going to bring salvation to the world. Now, now, now get this. This is, this is big faith here. Okay, wait a minute. I'm going to birth the Son of God. There's all the other elements of faith. She then has to go tell Joseph. He's got to buy in. They're engaged. We're talking about faith here. She's got to go to Joseph and say, I'm pregnant. He's like, well, we, we haven't. I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Okay, okay, ah, we're talking about faith here. Her friends, her family, and there's this thing that the angel says to her, because you may think she's radically so different than us, but the principles of faith all the way through the Bible show us these are ordinary, everyday people who they came in contact with the substance of faith. So, so she's similar to us in that she needs to hear from the angel what he says don't be afraid. That's why the Bible says that so much, because fear is the antithesis to the substance of what God wants to do in our lives. Don't be afraid. And so the ending of it, the angel says, nothing will be impossible with God. That's a faith statement. Nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, now this is a very strong statement of belief, of faith, of trust, of confidence in God. She says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. I want to talk to you about this subject of faith and this connection with our belief. By the way, the whole Christmas story, you know, Joseph, he's got to embrace what the angel said and you know, he has to trust God. The, the story of the shepherds, I mean, they get this message from the angels, the wise men. They have to follow this star. They have to go across this rugged trek to get to the baby Jesus. Like, the whole story, when you really look at it, that's why it's a substance. That's why it's real when Jesus interacts with our lives. Because when you think about it from a logical standpoint... The very basic tenets of the faith of a belief in Jesus, it requires a substance because it doesn't make rational sense. It, it's a faith decision. It's a faith journey. Let me talk very, very practically for a minute, and that is, let's just ask this simple question. This Christmas season and going into the next year, what kind of season will you have what kind of year will you have? Would you rather have anxiety? Like, like a lot of our culture today has almost just accepted the fact that we have to live filled with anxiety in our lives. 
A couple of years ago, I asked our student team, we had taken several thousand students and kids and vacation Bible school and all these students, and I asked them, like, what's the number one issue you guys were dealing with? I was not really prepared for the response. Because when I was growing up as a teenager, it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. They said the number one thing that we get when we meet with kids alone is they're struggling with anxiety. I'm like, wait a minute, we've got to talk about this in our world. Something is messed up, something is missing, something's not in there. If we are doing life in such a way where young people who are supposed to have their future ahead of them basically believe they're invincible and they just kind of get up every day and enjoy this period and season of their life that they're filled with anxiety. Well, what's missing? What's wrong? Maybe we haven't done a good enough job in teaching people because we're talking not about people who are outside the things of God. We're talking about people that are listening to messages. Maybe they haven't been taught how to access the substance. Anxiety. Fear. Fear is pervasive in our culture. Let let me say something as a pastor that you're not going to get on your feed today. The marketers of our world have realized how to speak directly to you in your season of life around your fears and your likes, a message of fear that produces anxiety in you to get you to buy their product. So we live in an echo chamber of messaging to fuel our fears, to drive our behaviors. So we're filled with that. We have worry, discouragement. Now, when I put that on the screen and you look at it, you're like, anxiety, fear, worry. Maybe you have something right now. You've just been cycling worry over and over this week. Maybe you've been discouraged. Maybe you feel a little off, whatever it is. I think anybody who looks at that and says, okay, that's one choice. What about the other choice? What about hope? What about, I don't know what God's doing, but he is doing something. And I know he's ahead of me and he knows my future better than I know my past. I have hope for wherever he's taking me. I don't know that it's going to always be easy, but I know God will be with me. Hope, trust. I trust you, Lord, because all my life you've been faithful and your goodness is running after me. Well, Hope and trust and confidence and faith. Here's what I know. Wherever you're listening to me, any campus, look, <laughs> that's an easy choice. Like, I don't want the fear and the anxiety and the discouragement. I want the hope and the trust and I want the faith. So I, I believe everybody goes, that's what I want. But here's my premise for this start of this belief series. I believe everyone would say, I want that but I don't believe everyone knows what it actually is. I think a lot of people are like, what is that? Is that like a positive mental attitude? Is that just a personality trait that, you know, you just kind of see the glass half full? Is that what it is? And then even more importantly, how do you get it? How do you get it? So I want to spend my remaining few moments talking to us about what it actually is. Like, what is faith? Do you remember the first time you were walking through a mall and a guy with a security uniform rode by you on a thing with two wheels like the mall cop? You're like, what what was that? I I know I'm giving my age. I remember the first time I saw a cell phone. Young people right now are just going, 
You are a dinosaur. I remember the first time I saw one. I went with my friend's dad to dinner. He was in the oil business. And I looked down in his car and I said, that's a phone. You have a phone in your car? He goes, yeah, it's in this bag. It cost me seven grand a month to make one call. I'm like, my phone was on the wall in our kitchen. Thing had a cord on it. You could walk to town. You know, just, just, just. I, I think in our world today, the last few years, I've been talking about faith, and here's what I'm finding. Bible Christians don't know what it is. It's like Segway. It's like cell phone. And more importantly, what is it is not the most important question. The most important question is, how do I get it? Well, I have to start your journey. If you're here listening, you start your journey in the area of faith and belief. You have to start with saving faith. I like to say it this way. It goes a lot better. All the promises in this book go a lot better if you get born again. If you get saved right and the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you, illuminating the truth of God, and you're changed on the inside. See, what doesn't work is you think faith is a worldview of some sort, a religious belief system of some sort that you think is disconnected from the person of Jesus. But, but no, faith starts with the saving faith to accept Christ into your life. It's what we're witnessing at all of our campuses this weekend. People who have said yes to Jesus, and do you hear their responses? Peace. It came to me. Whoa, it's, I was amazed. Now I have peace. Why? Because you have the Prince of Peace living inside of you now. It works way better that way. The Bible says it this way. Faith's not a religion. It's not just a belief system. It says that it is by grace that you have been saved. What does that mean? It's the grace of God for him to reveal himself to you. He shows up. He starts tugging on you. He starts pulling on you. But it says you do it through faith. So that does mean you have to say, man, I don't know what my friends will say. I don't know what my family will say. I don't know what other people will say. I don't know if I can live up to it. You can't, by the way. He has to do it in you. All the barriers you have to say. And by the way, you'll never have all your questions answered. You'll never have the perfect time. You just have to say, I'm saying yes to Jesus. And all the fruit of that and the impact of that is on the backside of the decision to say yes. Saving faith. It's not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not by work so that no one can boast. I, I, I could give you a lot of pictures, but I, I want to I just use this one. It's an exchange. Your sin, your guilt. Why do you feel guilty? Because you are guilty. It's your sin, your guilt, your pain, all of who you are, and you trade all of that with this now living Jesus who has made the payment that you could never pay, who's lived the life that you could never live, so you can live the life that he's called you to live. He gives you his life, his salvation. You give him your junk. What an awesome trade. What an awesome trade. A good picture I thought I would give you of this is we have one of our camera operators, done it for years, faithful servant. For many years we were pay, praying for him because he needed a kidney transplant. 
praying over him at prepare, praying over the prayer cards. And, and this is a picture of Terry, our camera operator, the day after the guy standing beside him, Tom, gave him one of his kidneys. Now that's some, that's some giving. Now you, you might think you're generous. Giving somebody a kidney now, come on. I mean, Tom, that's, that's sacrificial giving right there. And I just began to think the kidney, it filters the toxins. And I want everybody to clue in for just a moment. I believe the number one pervading belief system of our culture when it comes to saving faith is I can clean myself up. I, I will get better. I will choose different. I will get enough apps, enough plans, enough protocols. I will work harder than everybody else. I will be a good person and I will clean my own blood your blood is tainted and toxic from birth and you will never cleanse it yourself. You have to make an exchange with Jesus Christ to clean you up. He's the one that cleans you up. But you're like, okay, pastor, I think that maybe is true. You have to do it through faith because you have to decide it yourself. But you know, the Bible, some of you are like, I got you, pastor. I mean, I, I was saved, you know, I, you know, 15 years old, 20 years old, maybe two weeks ago, maybe six months ago, you said yes to Jesus. And so now your faith journey has begun. You don't begin until you get saved on your faith journey because you're dead in trespasses and sins. Then you become alive and now you start a journey. The Bible doesn't say we just are saved by faith. The Bible says the righteous live by faith. So I know it's a scary step to say yes to Jesus, but, but let me help you get ready for the journey. There's a lot more scary steps. It's one scary step after another saying yes to Jesus because that substance is there. I want to give you some of the essentials for the life of faith. I'm talking about what is it? How do you get it? Number one, faith sees. Faith sees. Faith looks at a situation different. Did you notice it says it's a substance of things hoped for. It's an evidence of things you can't see in the natural. Someone who's looking from the purview, the point of view of the lens of God sees situations differently. They see it from the vantage point of the angel. There's nothing impossible with God. See, the angel has God's point of view. Mary had to tie her point of view to the point of view of God. Because everything in the natural would say, I can't see it that way. I have a seeing issue. I'm still in denial. But I did have to upgrade this week to a new power on my readers. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. And I don't want to admit I have a problem. I say I don't have an eye problem. My arms are just getting longer. But I got a new power. And I want you to know, when I read my Bible this week, there was stuff in there I'd never seen before. Because <laughs> I was like, whoa. It's like faith is like putting on a different set of glasses. You see the world differently when you look at it through the lens of how God sees your situation. Here's the second thing. Faith hears. Jesus was constantly saying, I need you to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Eyes to see and ears to hear. 
It hears. Faith hears. Some of you are like, how do you get it? Faith comes. You're like, well, I'd like it to come to my house this Christmas. I'd like faith to come to our Christmas this year. Well, it can come. But it's not going to come this way. It's going to come this way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. You know, we have so many tools today now. Sometimes I just let my phone read the Bible to me when I'm driving around. I'll be like, I want to hear that book. And it'll just, you know, like the Star Wars guy, just be like, you know, in the beginning, God. (laughs) Wow, that's powerful. You can hear it. That's why here at Milestone, we're constantly not just reaching people, but building people and putting you in the grow track and wanting you to go to 301. And why are we going to start the new year with a series that I'm doing? And we're going to give you the resources in the book on hearing from God. Because we want you to learn to hear from God yourself. We want you to learn how to read your Bible because I know this, if you'll get a place, you'll get a moment, you'll get a routine, even if it's five minutes a day, faith will come to you. It doesn't have to just come to your pastor. See, I I can't do without it because I got too many problems. I have to have it come to me. You're like, how do you do this for so many years, Pastor? How do you still love people? How do you still stay excited about it? Because faith has to keep coming to you. It has to keep coming to you. You don't outgrow it. It has to keep coming to you. It'll come to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. In fact, we have a new resource coming in January that I'm going to preach on to start the new year at Prepare called Foundations to help you, maybe with your teenager, maybe with your young adult, maybe with your younger, your, your, your fourth, fifth, sixth grader, maybe someone you're discipling and working through to get a foundation so that when the wind blows, not if it blows, that your house is sturdy and stable on the word of God. Every 101 since the beginning of Milestone, I've held this book over my head and said I'm under the authority of this word. Young families, this is where the battle is. Is it the opinion of culture? Is it the opinion of the world? Or is it God's opinion? And if you are always looking for what the world is saying about what is true, you will live on shifting sand. So you have to determine, I'm not living on shifting sand. I'm going to have faith because I'm going to stand on the word of God. Now, there's even a more active approach to that because faith doesn't just hear it and receive it. Faith speaks. People who are word people speak different than people who are culturally world people. They talk different. They talk the language of God. They speak the word of God. Are you saying they can't ever talk about what's wrong or what's challenging? But no, they have the tone that is God's tone, not the world's tone. They speak differently. And I want to encourage you with this. My family, we just recently like reacquainted ourselves with this. Because my grandson, who was born this year, I shared this with you, the joy of us having our first grandchild, Brandy and I, shared with you the fact that the reason you call him a grandbaby is because every time you mention their name, it costs you a grand. (laughs) I'm learning about this stuff. But what I didn't tell you is at the first sonogram, he had a massive growth on the side of his neck that we didn't know, would it debilitate him? Would he be paralyzed? Would it grow into his spinal cord? Did he have other deficiencies and challenges and things? And you say, what do you do, pastor? 
Because you may be facing something similar but different or some major challenge in your life. We gathered together as a family. I was very proud of my son-in-law and my daughter. And the, I, It's in those moments that you see, did they just go to Sunday school or did they get faith? You want your kids to not just have a casual religious experience with God because they're going to need the same faith that you needed to walk through their challenges that you can't fix. We gathered together as a family. We got a passage of scripture out of Psalms. And we as a family, I put it on the dash of my car, they multiple times a day speaking what God's word says over the situation. You never pray more in tune with the will of God than when you pray the word of God. And I just want to refresh somebody. <laughs> Maybe it's been a while since you had some confession cards, some word cards, some, some speak the word cards, because we've got to elevate it in our world today where there's a lot of other stuff coming to change what we say. Faith speaks. Fourth, though, faith acts. Like, like, Faith doesn't just say, oh, I got the substance now. I hold on to the substance. I believe different. I speak different. No, faith then says, I'm going to act on the word of God. And I think there's this perspective that I hear a lot. When I know more, I'll disciple somebody. Or when I am more spiritual, I'll reach out to somebody. Or when I'm better in this area, then I'll, as if there will be this this, come on, everybody at the campus is here. I'm moving from preaching to meddling, so maybe you'll stay with me in this. But there's as if there's this perfect moment where fear is absent that you will be able to act on the things of God. Like there'll be the perfect financial time to start tithing. Like there'll be the perfect time to reach out to your neighbor. There'll be the perfect time to say yes to God. There'll be the perfect time to forgive that person who's hurt you. I was counseling a young couple the other day who were praying about when to have a baby. They're like, well, we've been married a little bit and we're trying to decide, you know, in our world today, you know, we've got all these goals and stuff, right? So they got to, you know, get to here. I said, well, let me help you. Well, there'll be a moment. You'll have all your bills paid. You'll have the house the size you need. The nursery will be totally fixed up. You'll, you'll, you'll have a minivan so you can put the car seat in there. Now you don't even have, they got all these new ways to hook them in. And you'll have a, you know, you'll be able to vi video watch them. Y'all know parents now. I mean, I don't know kids. I mean, how's a kid going to get in trouble now? They're, they're being tracked on their phones and watched on video when they're in their crib. I mean, we can't even get in trouble no more. But there'll be this perfect moment, you know, it'll all be there. You'll be, you'll just feel like, man, this is no big, and then you can have the baby and it'll be perfect. I said, well, I'm not telling you the truth. <laughs> Most of the time it looks like this. Your wife comes out of the bathroom with a stick. <laughs> ah! We're having one of those. Now we got to figure out how we're going to raise this thing, man. I don't know what I'm going to do. Isn't it true, though, in life, in our journey with Jesus, the good things are not the things we figured out, but the good things were the steps he put in front of us. And we had the pleasure of knowing we obeyed him. We acted on our faith. Those are the good things in your journey of faith. Here's the final thing. Faith is contagious. Faith is contagious. There actually is a gift of faith, by the way, that's a manifestation for the common good. 
But, but I am still amazed by this 30 years as a pastor. Negative people find each other. They can live on two opposite ends of the world. In fact, by the way, too, you love everybody, but you don't labor with factious people. The Bible says reject a factious man after two. You don't, you don't labor with critical negative people that are factious. You spend too much time with those people, their spirit will get on you. Faith people hang out with, faith people want to find faith people. They, they, they begin, because why? It's contagious. You hang around people filled with unbelief and cynicism and negativity, and I don't know about that, and why'd they do this, and why'd they do that? It's contagious. Are, are you a germaphobe? Anybody a germaphobe? If, raise your hand if you're a germaphobe. You won't admit it if you are. My wife's a germaphobe. Now, I'm generally okay unless one of my kids gets the stomach virus, and you're going to have to find a new dad if you get the stomach virus. You're going to have to do, do a poll if someone will take you in. Because you're basically an orphan at that point. We will lock you in the bathroom with a bean bag and some Gatorade. And we're staying away from you. Actually, my daughter gave me the stomach virus last spring, last time I had it. She said she had altitude sickness. We were skiing and man, I got that bad one. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, I mean, when you just, you're just saying, Jesus, just take me home. Just, just I'll go on into glory. That night we had eaten tenderloin. This is too much. I think I had one of those stuck in my epiglottis. I thought I should chew my food better. I really should. I should chew my food better. You know, not to bring up old wounds, the last few years, first time, at least the most interesting time in my lifetime, we went through a global pandemic. Like, everybody was trying to figure out who was contagious. You be in a grocery store, you look at somebody like, people, people are contagious. Staying away from that. What, what if the stomach virus or contagious things, what if we were that serious about unbelief, cynicism, criticism, negativity, it had a different posture. It would actually change your team, your home, your family, your marriage. Because faith is contagious. I know that you're facing something right now that I'm probably not aware of, but I wouldn't be surprised by, because as a pastor, I know we're all in this journey, even me sharing with you my most recent thing with my own family, my in-laws both going through a cancer struggle this year, all these things that we walk through, you may look at me and be like, oh, pastor, that's just your personality, you know, you're just, you're supposed to be full of faith because that's what you teach us. No, at a young age, I started learning how to build a life of faith. And I'm so grateful that I was around an atmosphere where people taught it to me. Going to the word of God for your problems, confessing it, speaking it. We act on it, we just do it. If God said it, that settles it, I'm gonna do it. And I want it for you. Wherever you're listening from, I want everyone to bow their heads for just a moment. And I want everyone not to move around just for a second. We're closing the service, but 
you have to start the journey with saving faith. And if there's someone listening who says, I'm just not even really right with Jesus right now. I also want to appeal for just a moment to somebody, maybe, maybe in a service over the next over the last few weeks, you you might have prayed with someone, or maybe maybe you were just on your own, like, and you just said, I, you said yes to Jesus. I want to give you a chance to respond for a moment, okay? And, and we're not going to come forward. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I just want to lead you in a prayer, a saving faith prayer. Faith comes by the grace of God, but it comes through faith. And for you just to say, Jesus, I I, I want to give you my life. I want to surrender. Maybe you've been running and he's been pulling. You just say, Jesus, I'm through running. I, I want to surrender to you. I, I don't want my sin. I don't want anxiety, fear, all of those things. I want the peace that was talked about in the testimony video. I want the confidence. I want the relationship with you. I choose you, Jesus. Just tell him, I, I choose you. I believe you died on the cross for me, Jesus. You made a payment to make that exchange. Just tell him. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you're alive today, Jesus, and I accept you into my heart and into my life. I'm not going to embarrass you again, but if you prayed that prayer with me or you've prayed it the last few weeks, would you just slip your hand up? Say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer. Just slip it up. Hold it up real high. Any campus, any venue, just hold them up high. What's happening is there's some ushers in the aisle. I'm not going to embarrass you, but we're just going to slip you a card because that card is a gift from me to you to help you get started in your journey of faith. Anyone else will say, I prayed that prayer with you, Pastor. Anyone else? I prayed that prayer, just like we saw these people getting water baptized. You made that decision that they made. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And there's that card there. And so if you prayed that prayer and you got that card, I want you to not, everyone else, keep your heads bowed. But if you prayed that prayer, just look up at the screen. Here's the gift I have for you. It'll be right out the doors of your campus or at this campus. You can get a gift from me to you. It's a book I wrote called Closer. It's the Bible. It can start your journey of faith. We want to help you get started in that journey. Second of all, though, maybe you're here and you say, I, I, I need a jump start. I need to get back to that place or maybe for the first time. Like, I got to start walking out this life of faith. I, I need to believe, maybe believe again. Say, Pastor, I'm going through something. I need an injection of faith. Would you just slip your hand up so I can pray for you? Say, like, this message was for me, Pastor. Thank you. Just hold it up. Any campus, hold it up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, I pray for my friends right now. Pray for my brothers and sisters. Lord, they have saving faith, but they're saying, Lord, I need to take a step of faith. I, I, I just pray for them. Maybe this week they would get on the offensive begin to speak out loud your word over their situations. Be, begin to, to, to become active, Lord, in their pursuit of you to a different way, in a different place. Lord, I thank you today that you're depositing faith in us. Faith to walk with you. Faith to say yes to you. Faith to step out into whatever you've called us to. Lord, we, we, we believe that you are good, that you are faithful, that you are our God that you are leading us into the next steps that you have for us in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. 
And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.